Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Come on, do better than that. Good morning, everybody. Aren't you glad you're in church today? I am so glad that you are here. If you haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Mitch, along with Brandy, my amazing wife. Uh, we have the privilege of pastoring here and leading uh, everybody at home today. Thanks for joining. I have a lot of family that joins in uh, around the country. I know that you do as well. If you're joining us online, share this message. I think it could help somebody today. Everybody grab your Bible. Uh, I'm excited to jump in today. I don't want to uh, take a lot of your time because I know it's Christmas season and I know some of you uh, still have not started buying. I'm an extra large, generally speaking, um, whatever. So uh, anyways, I'm going to be a large one day. Come on, somebody. I can just, I keep telling myself, I keep them. Anybody keep all your clothes because you think I'm getting back into this. Anybody? Anybody do that? Anybody still not get back into it? By the time I get back into them, they're like, they're just out of date or it doesn't work anymore anyways, but I'm keeping them. I'm getting back into it. Matter of fact, in just a few weeks, we kick off an incredible season I love at City Hills. Every January and August, we take 21 days together to really just lean into God. We press into prayer and fasting together in January. Actually, the first week of January, January the 3rd, our first service back live uh, will be uh, kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I always tell our staff that's when, you know, like I'm, I'm not fasting to lose weight, but I'm going to use that as a springboard. Come on, somebody. And by February, I'm going to be, y'all don't even know, I'm going to wear, I may wear tank tops. There ain't no telling what, I'm not going to wear tank tops. I'm never ever going to wear tank tops. Do men wear tank tops? Is that what they call them? No, it's a different thing. Anyways, uh, I'm not ever wearing that, but uh, I'm excited about the new year together. Let me just kind of tell you where we're going. I always like to tell you where we're going before I get into today's message. You heard uh, Pastor Aubrey talk about Christmas next week. Christmas in City Hills, always an incredible time. Special music, special presentations in the lobby. There's just tons of surprises and stuff for your kids and your whole family. And it's just the best. And then we end in candlelight. I love doing that. Uh, just It just centers us. I feel like we need Christmas more than we've ever needed it before. Say amen. We really do. And and I hope that you feel that. I hope you're bringing people with you. You say, well, uh, you, you know, I, I, maybe maybe all year there's been people who say, I st- we're not comfortable. Why don't you just, you got, there got to be a day one. There's got to be a day that you, you, you just, you start. And Christmas could be a great day to bring your family and to start whatever makes you comfortable. Uh, we'll still be online, but I would love to see you in person if you uh, can at all join us for Christmas next week. And then the 27th, actually next week is our last live in-person service, the 27th, the last Sunday of the year. We take off for what we call Sabbath weekend, uh, 51 Sundays out of every year. This incredible dream team sets up and takes down an entire church every single weekend. They create the spaces for people to meet Jesus, and it has been a remarkable year. The Dream Team, believe it or not, is growing, and they're people, and it's just, I I love what God is doing. We always take a weekend every year and just say, you know what, we're going to let our Dream Team have a weekend that's Sabbath and rest right after Christmas as we head into the new year. So that is an online experience only. On December the 27th, I will bring you an online message that day. We will have worship that day, uh, but that will be online only, no live in-person services. And then on January the 3rd, our first service back in 2021, and I've just made my mind up 
come, we used to say it like this. Scott, we used to say, come hell or high water. You know, I don't even know what, I'm not sure if I've ever been through hell and high water, but whatever it is, it don't, it don't really matter what 2021 does. I've decided it's going to be a banner year in Jesus' name. I'm going to have a banner year in Jesus' name. We're going to kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting together on the 3rd. And uh, we're just going, we're coming, I'm coming out. We're coming out stronger. We're coming out better. Come on, everybody. We're going to come out with our heads up. We made it. The, the biggest, listen, the biggest thing I think you can do to defeat the devil, people always, you know, especially really spiritual people, not y'all, but not that you're not really spiritual. I just mean super spiritual people. They're, too, they're even too spiritual for church. But mo, most really super spiritual people always, the devils, and the devils have to get me in the devil. Let me tell you the devil's biggest lie to you is that you can do it all by yourself. You can do it alone. It's the devil's biggest lie to you is isolation. First thing the devil ever did to Eve in the garden was separate her and talk to her outside of Adam. It's always been isolation. I like to call it the first social distancing was the devil's idea. Anyways. <laughs> and then the devil's second lie to you is it's always going to be this way. It's always going to be this way. Never going to be any better than this. And in Jesus' name, it's not always going to be this way in your life. We're coming out of this, and we made it, everybody. You made it. You made it. Sometimes you just got to celebrate you make it. You know what I mean? You just celebrate that we made it, and, uh, and we're going to do that as we head into 2021. Grab your Bibles. I want to bring you a special message today just for this Christmas season. Bow your heads. Let's ask God to speak to our hearts. Father, in Jesus' name, I open my heart today as we open God's Word. God, use me. Help me do a good job, but really I want to encounter the presence of the living God. More than a baby in a manger. More than a, more than a Christ on a cross. He's the living, breathing, eternal Son of the Most High God. Alive forever in our hearts today. I pray the Holy Spirit would quicken this word. Mix it with our faith. Lift our heads today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone shout amen. Come on, do better than that. Shout amen. If you're wearing your mask, I can't hear you. Amen. you got to shout louder than that. It is the Christmas season. And... We need Christmas now more than we ever have. You know, if you, if you ask people kind of what, what, what do you want for Christmas, I like doing that. We ask our kids. We have two little kids. If you're new here, we have a, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old little boy. And we start talking about Christmas sometime around December the 26th or 7th. We start talking about next year. Well, here's what I want, and here's kind of what I'm thinking I want. And if you have little kids, you know this. It changes depending on what's on, like, what the commercial they just watched. You know what I mean? Especially my littlest one, my, my little boy, he'll see something on TV and he'll say, uh, he'll, he'll grab like anywhere in the house. He'll run to me, daddy, 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 I, I want to add to my Christmas list. And then he'll try to describe what he just saw on TV. Anybody else do that? Y'all do the same thing. You just do it on uh, Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> you know what I mean? You act like it's only six-year-olds. We do the same thing. And like, I really, really want this. I saw this. Uh, Amazon made it a deal of the day and I have to have this thing today. It's the deal of the day. Tomorrow, there's not going to be this thing, and someone's going to have the thing that I need. And so it changes as you go. And if I were to ask you, what do you want for Christmas, you may have a, a good list. If you ask sort of the world what they want for Christmas, you know, a, a lot of people would say a lot of different things they want. They're, you know, maybe they don't even know what they want. You, you know that person in your life that doesn't know. When you say, what do you, what do you want for Christmas? And they go, I don't know. And, and just nothing. What, and you just want to punch them in the throat. Anybody? Because you got to buy them something, and you're like, this would be easier if you would tell me what you want so that I know what to get you and, and know what you want. Some people don't know what they want. If you ask people what, what would make your life better, some people would say, well, more money right now. You know, money's tight, and this year's been hard, and budgets are down, and, and furlough, and 
and, and money would be great. And money's not bad. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that money answers a lot of problems in your life. And it saves a lot of time, but it doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't really buy the thing that you really want. Some people, if you say, what do you want right now? I want to be married. That's what I really want. All the single people. Everybody single, not married, raise your hand. Let me see all the single people. Single people, not married, raise your hand high. Look around. Here's what you're working with. Look around. It could be today. Come on. This is miracle season. <laughs> oh, y'all laugh. It could be today. Some of y'all looked at some. I see y'all typing right now. I don't know who that is right there. Who that? Tall and dark. Why does he always got to be tall, dark, and handsome? I need somebody, I need somebody right short, dark, and handsome. Come on, somebody. Anyways, I want to be married. Maybe that answer your problems. Maybe, maybe some of you are like, I don't want to be married. That would be my Christmas wish. And being married can be good until it's not. All the married people say amen. I just want to be happy. I heard ask you what, what you wanted. Maybe you say, I just want to be happy. It's not a bad goal, honestly. I just want to be happy. The problem with happiness is it comes and goes based on the, the circumstances of your life. It's not, it's not something that is always there. You can have good days and bad days, happy seasons, not so happy seasons. I, I really think what the world needs more than it needs anything else right now is peace. Is peace. I want to bring you a message today called Missing Peace. And um, I want to help you find some peace. I think we need this now more than we've ever needed it in the world. I think... Um, I think peace is what the world needs the most right now. When I was growing up, I have a little brother. Um, well, he's taller than me, but he's my little brother. He's two and a half years younger than I am. And uh, my mama used to say, I grew up in the Deep South, if you hadn't noticed uh, from the accent. And my mama used to say, uh, she, when we would get rowdy, she said, Boys, all I want is some peace and quiet. Anybody say that still? Yeah. I just want peace and quiet. Like all, I, And I never knew that, like, why are they tied together? Why I got to be quiet so you get peace? You know what I mean? Like, you can have peace and let me still be loud. But they were always together. I don't know why Mama always said that. She never just wanted peace and she never just wanted quiet. She always wanted peace and quiet. Anyway, I think the world needs a little peace and quiet right now. Like, I could use a season of no breaking news. Are you with me on that, everybody? Like, I could use a season where my phone doesn't go off with breaking news, you know, the, the killer hornets or murder bees or whatever they were. I mean, just, I could use I could use a whole season with nothing breaking. I could just use a little peace and quiet in my life. And honestly, Christmas is the season to talk about peace and quiet more than it. More, more than maybe any other time in the year. And I think, I think Christmas all for, I think the message of Christmas is peace and quiet in a world that seems to be upside down. Luke talks about the birth of Jesus in Luke 2 and verse 10. If you have your Bibles or you can uh, look on the screen with me, verse 10 says, The angel comes to uh, Mary and Joseph and says, Do not be afraid. The angel reassured them. Comes to the shepherds. The angel reassured them. Underline this in your Bible. I'm reading from the New International Version. The angel reassured them. I love that. Look into my eyes. Listen to me. Before I go any further, i got to tell you, this place will always be a reassuring place. So if you're looking for a church that's always alarmist, you're in the wrong church. I love you. I love you. But there's probably another church that will sound alarms and bells and, oh, God, what are we going to do? It's getting terrible out there. Nothing, nothing wrong with that, just not our church. 
This place is going to do what the angels did when he met the shepherds. This is a reassuring place. I need that. Everything out there says, I'm not sure. But when you get close to God, you go, I can be reassured of some stuff in my life. Shout amen to that. Let me reassure you of something. He said, don't be afraid. You could close your Bibles and that's enough message for the entire season. Don't be afraid. I think we're institutionalizing fear in our culture. And in Jesus' name, I stand against the spirit of fear that will grip you and tell you everybody's everything, who knows what. No, don't be afraid because I'm bringing you good news. And it will be, everybody shout, great joy. It'll be great joy, great joy to all people. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David, verse 12, and you will recognize him by a sign, he tells the, the shepherds. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in swaddling clothes, strips of cloths, lying in a manger. You know this story, verse 13. Suddenly the angel was joined by a bunch of other angels, a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. You know this, and underline this in your Bible, peace on earth. To those with whom God is pleased, peace on earth. Christmas is all about peace on earth. In the Bible, you'll find peace a lot. Jesus, when he would heal, when he would walk into a city, when he would uh, heal a blind man, when he would raise up a dead son, he would often tell the family, the friends, the disciples, those that had gathered, he would tell them, go in peace. In other words, the miracle that I've performed is enough but I want to give you peace along with your miracle. <laughs> and God wants to give you not just the miracle you need. He wants to give you peace along with the miracle. Let me say it better this way. God can restore your relationship. But more than the restoration, God wants to put you back together. And then when you go on your way, you go in peace. Say amen to that. I'd like the rest of my life to go in peace. <laughs> I would. I need some seasons of my life where I... Paul would write to the churches in the New Testament and he would say, he would open his letter with this, grace and, come on, say it, grace and, not grace and riches, grace and popularity, not, not grace and fame, not, not grace and, no, I want you to have grace from God and I want you to know you can have peace in your life. And if you don't really know what you need in your life, let me go ahead and tell you, if you just know that I know something's missing, something's off, this year sort of just thrown me off of my game and I feel like things are shaking and I don't know in our marriage and in our job and in my, just in my mind and my emotional health and in my children and in our, in our family dynamic and just, everything seems to be shaking. I don't know what I need. I know what you need. Look at me. You need the same thing the whole world has always needed. Why the angels had to tell the shepherds, it, it's, you need peace. You, we need peace on earth. Not popularity, powers, riches, or fame. We need peace on the earth. We don't need money in the bank. Because money in the bank doesn't buy you peace. You, you don't need to, you don't need, you could be successful outwardly. Matter of fact, we, we built an entire culture based on curating our social squares so that the world believes that we have something we've never really had whatsoever. And that's peace. Right? You only show the highlights. You only tell people the good stuff. You only, even Christians, especially Christians, 
We only curate the, the good days and nobody ever posts on the bad days. Nobody ever says this is what's really going on. We don't need successful. At, we don't, you can be married and still not have peace. You can have a job and still not have purpose that brings peace. You can have money and still, you can have children. You can have, you can have a lot of stuff that you think you would answer the question, what do I need, and still not have peace. But if you have peace to begin with, then everything else sort of flows in that peace. Are you still there? Say amen. A lot of times I think I want peace, and I get the opposite. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but most of the time in my life, I think, man, I just need some peace in my life, and I end up, or, or I need peace right now, you know, and, and you turn the news on, and it's tension more than peace. There's, there's tension, you know, it's that unspoken thing in the house that you're not speaking, you know what I'm saying? Or nobody's talking to each other, and, and you're passing in the hallway knowing there just isn't peace here. There's fear that reigns. Fear is palpable. You can feel it. If you don't believe me, just, I'm telling you, just walk into a, to a store today. And I'm, again, this isn't political. This isn't even really about the virus or the current state of the world. This is about a spirit I think is unleashed by hell in our culture where there is palpable fear. People are just scared of you, me, this, places, people. They're just, we're just institutionalized fear instead of faith. And, and, and you feel it. And I want peace, but I, if I'm honest, there's fear. Or anxiety. I had this conversation the other day with our staff about anxiety. I think we've used the word anxiety incorrectly. There's a clinical definition for anxiety. And then there's just life. And a lot of times when people blame anxiety, they just live life. I'm not talking about the people who clinically deal with depression or anxiety or an, an anxiety disorder. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about how we say everything in our life is, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm really full of anxiety. Well, what happened? Well, you know, I ran out of gas, and I just feel like I don't know why. You know, I tithed this week, and I felt like there was just going to be gas in the car, and I feel like God's really just not here. And then you have to I say, repeat that. You just, you mean you got a cancer diagnosis? No, I just fell out of, we just, I ran out of gas. Oh, you mean you lost everything and they foreclosed in your house? No, I just ran out of gas, but I'm just full of anxiety. Are you with me? We, we've attached the word anxiety to the most trivial things in our lives, when it's not anxiety at all, it's really just sometimes life happens. And if you don't fill your gas tank up, you run out of gas. That was free, by the way. You could write that, write that down. Works with oil as well. I, I, I feel the, the opposite of what I really want. In relationships, in our families, in our friends, there's misunderstanding. There's disagreements. There's hurt feelings. There's unforgiveness. There's... There's so much, it's the opposite of what I really need, and that's peace. It's, I feel like in every area of our life right now, there's just so much of that. Everybody's just, wet. we used to say it was wound up real tight. You know what I mean? You, 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 am I the only one that feels this, or does everybody else feel it? And we think these masks are hiding it. We go to H-E-B. I don't know why you feel like you can still be mean because you have a mask on. You Listen, Christians, this is the, to all Christians around the world. You can still be nice in a mask. Just be nice. Just, but we're so tense, and I gotta. And I love HEB. I love HEB. Here, everything's better. Come on, some. Yeah, don't get me preaching on HEB. I love some HEB. But I go in there happy. I'm thrilled to be there. What's what deal of the day? Come on, so I'm gonna get something free today. So I'm gonna get tortilla chips thrown in today. Combo loco today. 
And y'all walking around mad. The world's just tense and it needs peace more than it's ever needed peace. Isaiah prophesies about the birth of Jesus, but, but he prophesies in a season full of anxiety. There's a lot of parallels to where Isaiah prophesies in our current state of affairs in our world. There's strife and there's division. Everybody's run to their corners. I don't know there's any such thing as a middle ground anymore. I'm actually fighting to protect the middle. I think it's one of the callings on my life is to protect the middle. The old bishop used to say it like this, that uh, if you cut the left wing or the right wing off of a bird, it can't fly. It just goes in circles, and you need balance. You need, you need both, and, and you can have both and instead of an either or. There's no middle ground. Every, there's, this, there's division, and there's the election and political divide, and heated debates. I'm in a few. And, and virus surges. I feel like every day, I'm, if I never hear the word surge again, it would be too soon. Um, everything's surging. By the way, they're not counting the other stuff, like alcoholism is surging, and suicide is surging, and child pornography is surging, and uh, sex trafficking is surging. And they're not, they're not talking about how there's more suicides uh, in the first half of 2020 globally than in the entirety of 2019. That's a surge we need to talk about. Prescription drug abuse is, everything that's bad is up. Everything. Everything that's bad is up. And, and, and there's, there's just racial tension and, and the pitting of one against the other and fake news and real news and mask Nazis. And, and just it's just every, everything is just tense. You understand what I'm saying? Isaiah, not exactly the same, but similar walks into a situation of fear and unsettledness. And he prophesies into this season, Isaiah 26, and he's, he's talking about the coming of the Lord. And he says, in that day, in the day where everything seems to be turned upside down, shaking, unsettled, not, not together, full of fear, everybody's worried, like today, in that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this Song, Man, that sounds exciting. I think we need that today. And I love this. By the way, this is the portion of every believer. Listen to me. This is how Christians respond in the time of crisis. We don't coil back. We don't talk about everybody on Facebook. We don't engage in political battle. And we don't, we don't, we're not just out trying to win the war of words. And No, no, no. This is how we respond. Everybody in the land of Judah, that's you, that's me. We sing this song. Our city is strong now wait when you come to church i'm just telling you here we're never going to talk about the bottom side of life we're going to always talk about the top side we're going to always the bible says it like this let the weak say that i am strong our city is strong we are surrounded not by the enemy but by the walls of god's salvation come on we're surrounded by the salvation of the lord Open the gates to all who are righteous and allow the faithful to enter, which is by the way what we did in August. And in Jesus' name, we're going to keep the gates open as long as we possibly can. Shout amen to that. And then, 
Listen, when you and I decide, I am not going to give in to this spirit, this tension, this fear, this division, this problem. I will not allow it to get into my heart. When we do that and we open the gates to the righteous, then you will keep. And underline this in your Bible. Perfect peace. All who trust in you and whose thoughts, underline this, are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. I love Isaiah's promise. He says you'll, you'll be kept in perfect peace. Shout perfect peace. perfect peace. Type perfect peace in the chat. Perfect. You'll be kept in perfect peace. I am more familiar with imperfect peace. Let me tell you what imperfect peace sounds like. It sounds like this. God, I trust you. Oh, God, what's going on? Oh, God, what's going to happen? Oh, my God, this is terrible. Imperfect peace sounds like I'm good. I I got this. Oh, my God, we're going to go under. Oh, God, what's happening right now? Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm Sunday morning. We can do this. Sunday night. Oh, God, I don't know if we're going to make it this week. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, one more week. One more week. Give us one more week. Right? Anybody but me? Am I the only one? That's imperfect peace. Comes and goes. It's up and down. I feel like I've been riding that roller coaster all year long. In our family, in our finances, with our church. Maybe you feel in your relationships with your children. It's going to be okay? I don't know. I have a, a pastor friend actually launched a church in Kansas City, Missouri the same day we launched our church. His name's David Perkins. Uh, his church is Radiant Church in Kansas City, Missouri. If you have family in Kansas City, you need to send them to uh, Radiant. And his father uh, got COVID. And uh, I, I pr- probably late 60s, and uh, it, got, it got bad and put in the hospital. And um, t- t- 10 days in ICU c- continuously got worse. And David would post on Facebook every day an update. And Wednesday, the update was we are beginning comfort care, which, uh, in, in case you don't know, means uh, you know, all, all hope is gone. We're just going to make dad comfortable. Yesterday, Follow the timeline. Wednesday, we're beginning comfort care. Yesterday, his father got in the car on his own volition and drove himself home. And a miracle in Jesus' name. Now, that's a miracle that I love celebrating. But could you imagine the roller coaster? Just that imperfect peace. We all said goodbye, and then, and then it's well. And then, and then I think we're going to make it, and then we're not. And then, the, and then this week was good, and then it's not. And then, and then I feel like our kids are... I feel, and then it's not. And then we had a great month in our marriage, and then it's not. And then things seem to be on the up, and then not. And just, and just that imperfect peace. And, and Isaiah says you'll keep in perfect peace. Well, how, do, how do you keep perfect peace? Let me give you a, a quick Hebrew lesson. The word peace, we derive from the Hebrew word shalom. Matter of fact, it's a greeting that uh, Jews will greet one another. It, mean, it literally means it's the peace of God. Uh, to, to you, to others, to, to yourself. You can speak the peace of God into your own circumstances. To, but it's more than just peace. It's, uh, to say that shalom just means peace is really an understatement of the word. Shalom means the entirety of peace. God, I wish I had time to preach this to you. It means the fullness of peace to you. It's not incremental and it's not up and down. It is peace in every area. It is the complete package of peace in my life. 
So when ancient Jews, or when Jews today, when they, when they greet one another in peace, they're not just saying circumstantially, today, I hope you're okay today, Scott. Peace to you today. Reuben, I hope, peace to you today. I hope everything, no, no, no. They're saying, Brandon, I want you to have peace in every area of your life. And they speak that blessing, coming and going. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, I want peace. You mean right now? You just mean, you know, like, good morning? No, no, no. I don't want you to have a good morning. I want you to have good life. You mean happy Sunday? No, no, no. I mean I want you to live in joy. You, 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 mean, you mean you just want my marriage? No, no, no. I want your marriage, your finances, your children, your relationships, your business, everything you touch. I want you to have shalom in every area of your life. And in this passage, in Isaiah, it's a bad translation. Because in English, we translate it, he'll keep in perfect peace. But it's not Perfect peace. There is no Hebrew word perfect in the original text. The original text says this. Shalom, shalom. <laughs> in Hebrew, it literally says, I want you to have a double portion of everything that you need from God. <laughs> I don't just want you to have enough to get by today. I want you to have shalom, shalom. Isaiah said, when you open the gates and when you sing the song of strength... Peace does not mean you won't have trouble. does not mean you won't have problems. It doesn't mean nothing breaks. It doesn't mean your kids never fight. It doesn't mean your spouse and you don't get on each other's nerves. It just means God will give you a double portion of peace in every area of your life. And if the world needs anything right now, it needs shalom, shalom. Coming and going, peace. God, I wish y'all felt it like I feel it up here. I'm in the splash zone right by myself. It's, it's everything in my life. It, <laughs> I want a bigger stage when we build a building so I can stage dive right off of that. <laughs> look into this camera. Look at me. Everybody in production, I'm looking at this camera right now. It means when you get the job, it's peace. And when they close the company down, it's peace. It means when you get married, it's peace. And if it ends, it's peace. It means when I'm coming and when I'm going, it's peace. Another, another part of your Bible says I'm blessed in the country and I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in my coming and I'm blessed in my going. I've got shalom if it works out and shalom if they close it down. We've got perfect peace. Next week I'm going to be the best little Baptist preacher y'all have ever seen. But today i got to get peace on the earth. Perfect peace. Shalom. Shalom. Well, that means everything goes well. No, no, no. Write this down. Peace doesn't mean the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. Peace is not found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence. That's why I tell you every week. That's why I'm done. I, I, have, I have been as politically correct as I could possibly be. To our elders, I apologize. You want to call somebody and... Do whatever you want to do. I'm done being politically great. Look into my eyes. Church is essential. If you got to do it online, do it online for your safety. But you cannot be in your PJs and casual and sit back. Church is essential because the world is going crazy and it's getting worse. And we need shalom, shalom. We need perfect peace. And it's not going to be when the virus is gone or the vaccine shows up. It's going to be in the presence of God. When the gates are open and the city is strong and the walls are salvation, then you protect them with perfect peace. Shalom. Shalom. 
It's God's presence. It's God's perspective. It's God's assurance. You can have peace when your marriage is falling apart. You can have peace when your kids are on drugs. You can have peace if pornography has invaded your house. You can have peace with a loved one in a hospital room. You can have peace when your body hurts and there's no answer. You can have peace when you can't pay the bills. You can have peace when the sniffles start and you don't know if it's allergies or COVID. Y'all know y'all do that. (laughs) Is that you? You sneeze every year this time. (laughs) Now every time you do it, you just wonder, this is it. This is the big one. (laughs) Anywhere I remember Stanford and Son? I'm coming home. You remember this? You can have peace. You know how? You'll keep in perfect peace them whose thoughts are fixed on you. The battle for peace, write this in your notes, begins, and I'll, I'll add to my own notes, it begins and ends in our minds. The war is won here. The battle for your peace begins, and I'll add ends in your mind. Anyone have a war in your mind? Anyone Anyone but me? Anyone have conversations with yourself that are much better than you have out loud? Anyone win those? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like when you're fighting with your spouse, not y'all, but I mean other people I know about, when you're fighting with your spouse, and then and then after the fight, you think, Jeremy, you, th- you ever think, not you, because you got a perfect wife, but, but if you think about stuff that, you know, that I, oh, I should have said that. That would have been a good one. <laughs> Anybody but me? Oh, I'm the only sinner. Okay. All right. I have these. This internal dialogue, these runaway thoughts. <laughs> Anybody have any irrational worries that you know don't make any rational sense, but you're still worried about it? Stuff that, I just saw someone raise two hands. <laughs> <laughs> Things trigger you. When, when you have kids, um, everything scares you. It took Brandy and I 10 years to get uh, pregnant. Uh, we had infertility issues for the first 10 years of our marriage, several miscarriages, and Many of you know that story, and in our 10th year, headed into our 11th year of marriage, uh, she gets pregnant, and when we have our first baby, uh, little Hazel, uh, everything starts scaring, stuff you would have never imagined, you know, scared you, now it scare you. Every time there's a blue van with no windows riding around, I'm like, who's in that van? There's probably a kid in that van. What's going on with that van right there? (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where's Hazel? Where's Henry? There's a van. I'll get to texting people. The best, the best, like our Facebook HOA, you know what I mean? Warning, blue van alert, no windows. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just irrational fear, and maybe you're worried about your grades. Maybe you're worried about what college you get into, if you get into college, the right job, the perfect spouse. You worry about starting a family. Do I really bring kids into this world? And, are we going to be able to, maybe if you have kids, you're worried about what they're doing in school and drugs and sex and rock and roll, and shootings, STDs, meth, you know, real stuff, real stuff. If you have kids, you're worried about you're not good enough as a dad. You didn't have a good dad, so you're worried, are you going to be a good dad? Are you a good enough provider? Are, are you, uh, especially moms, moms deal with guilt of am I doing enough, is this enough, am I enough, 
finances. We got to pay for braces. Some of y'all's kids' teeth is jacked up. <laughs> you know it's real. <clears throat> How are we going to pay for that? How are we going to pay for all these activities they want to be in? How are we going to pay for cars and college? I'm still paying my college. How am I going to pay for your college? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, tired all the time, headache all the time. Maybe it's brain cancer. You know what I'm talking about? Like, anybody's mind do this kind of stuff? I got a headache all the time. It's probably a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> Throwing out gold today. You just have irrational worries and fears. Life moves in the direction and speed of your most consistent thoughts. Your life moves in the direction and speed of your most consistent thoughts. So if fear and worry and anxiety and depression and tension and strife and division and I'm right and you're wrong, and if that's where you focus your most consistent and, and strongest thoughts, your life tends to move in areas of tension, strife, division, fear, worry, anxiety. Are you with me? Your life moves, my life moves in the direction of our strongest and most consistent thoughts. So the, the, so the battle is in our minds. Worry turns into what if. And what if turns into the worst case scenario. And then you actually believe the blue van's out to get you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then you, then you re and, I know, and I know we're making light, but I, I wish this was light. This is, I'm, I'm giving the prescription of where our culture is today. Worried around every corner. Booger man everywhere. You're out to get scared. Worry, fear, tension. And Isaiah 26 and 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Isaiah did not say, You'll have perfect peace if your minds are fixed on CNN or Fox News. I'll offend both of you. <laughs> you know. You will not have perfect peace if your mind is fixed on the future. I'm going to help all the control freaks. All my control freaks, where you at? Some of you are such control freaks, you raise someone else's hand for them. Like, get your hand up. <laughs> my hand's up. If you are fixed on the future, you will not have perfect peace. If you are fixed on bad news, you will not have perfect peace. If you are fixed on the financial problems you have, if all you can talk about, think about, worry about, if it, those who fix their eyes on the past risk having a severe collision with the future. If you focus on the past, you're going to have a collision with, with the future. Of, if, you, if, you, if you only see the future and you fix on that, then, then you hit all the speed bumps today and it throws you off alignment. You don't know what happens. But if you fix your eyes on God, the Bible says, then you can effectively negotiate the pace of your life to peace. You keep in perfect peace those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Fixed on you. It, it literally means to lean on you, to, to rest yourself. You'll be kept in perfect peace when you focus more on what God says than on what the news says. More on God's idea than the governor's idea. When you focus on You'll get perfect peace when your thoughts are resting in the, in the unfailing promises of God than the failing promises of every politician. I'm helping somebody today. 
What's your mind fixed on? Lunch, if you're like me. <laughs> the girl across the way, that's a lust sermon. That comes in February. I'm, I'm coming to that. What consumes your mind? When you're, here, here's, a way to, here's a way to tell. When your mind drifts, where does it go? When your mind drifts, where does it go? When it wanders, where do, because your mind only wanders into doors you've already opened. God, I wish I had time to preach about your mind. It wanders to doors you've already opened. So if you're opening doors of fear and anxiety and worry and not doors of peace and joy and loving and mercy and the grace of God, and if you're, if you're not singing, our city is strong and our walls are salvation, if you're not singing the song that God's prescribed for the believer, for you and I, and your mind wanders into worst case scenarios and what ifs and this is bad and this is not going to happen. How are we going to financial worries and political division and COVID fears and what's going wrong and what could go wrong and what don't I like and what did they do and dread and worry. In Philippians, Paul says it like this. I preached a whole series to you on the book of Philippians about joy. He said, fix your thoughts on this. What's true? I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know if anything media tells us is true. Let's just let's do, let's stick with this and decide it like this. The Bible says, "Let God be true and every man else a lie." Just, let's just assume everything else is out to get us except this book and the promises in this book. Let's just assume that everything else, I don't know if you're telling the truth or not, but everything in this book, that's true. If it says I'm healed, I don't really care what the doctor said. By his stripes we are healed. If, the, if this book says that in the presence of the Lord there's freedom, I don't care if you call me an alcoholic the rest of my life. This book says I can be free and healed and delivered and whole. I'm going to focus on what's true true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then the God of peace will be with you. Isn't that who Jesus is? I'm almost done. Isn't that who Jesus is? The Bible says, Philippians says, then the God of peace will be. Who's the God of peace? Isaiah 9 and 6. Isaiah, again, standing on the tiptoes of prophecy, seeing the birth of Christ says, for unto us a child is born, son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, by the way. By the way, the eternal government will be on his shoulders. By the way, political parties come and go, but the government is on his shoulders. This world depends on God's time, no one else's. The success of this world depends on God's timing, no one else's. The government's on his shoulders, and he will be called. Wonderful Counselor. That's the Holy Spirit, God in you. The Spirit of truth. The Counselor. Mighty God. Great is the mystery of God in this. For God was manifest in the flesh. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. In a season of fatherlessness, He wraps His arms around you. And His name shall be called Prince of Peace. In Hebrew, it's Sar Shalom. So it's where we get the word czar, like uh, like a leader, like a drug czar, and you're the automotive company czar. Are you with me on this? Like czar, it's the same 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 word, prince of peace. But it's more than just prince, because prince denotes an underling. It denotes less than. It denotes somebody junior. But but that that really it's more. It's the czar. It's the ruler of, in charge of. When one Jew would greet another one with shalom, it didn't mean have a nice day. It meant that 
All of your needs and your entire well-being comes to you today. That's Shalom. And then the Bible says, by the way, this child, this baby, this Christmas, this Jesus, he is in charge. He's the czar of all Shalom. He's, he, he's the well-being authority. Come on, nobody else is in charge of my well-being or my peace except the czar, the prince of peace, is in charge of my well-being. Why can you smile when everything feels bad? Why do you choose joy when everything's falling apart? How do you have an optimistic outlook when they close the doors, when you don't know where it's coming from, when worry consumes you? I'll tell you how, because my peace isn't here. My peace is in the prince of peace. He's the czar. He keeps me in perfect peace. All of my peace is held in Him. Shout a big amen to that. It's His peace. That's why in John 14, come play. That's why in John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. And underline this in your Bible. Matter of fact, you need to write. The, this is the, always give you something to write on your bathroom mirror and soap or lipstick. This is it. My peace I give you. <laughs> my peace I give you. My peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. I should have been preaching this all year long. He's not giving you a peace. He's giving you my peace. And today, if you're searching for it outside of Jesus, you will never find peace. You may find money, happiness, love, temporary success, comfort, not peace. So in Matthew, Matthew 8, the disciples are on a boat. They had um, they'd been in the city healing. Jesus had been healing. The disciples were with him. <clears throat> the Bible said they immediately got on a boat. And as soon as they got on a boat, a storm came up. A violent storm, the Bible called it. Feels like 2020. As soon as I got on the boat, <laughs> here comes this violent storm. Jesus is in the boat with them, but he's asleep in the bottom of the boat. The disciples are on the top of the boat, and it is rocking and reeling and shaking and moving, and it's everywhere. Waves are coming over, crashing over. Jesus is sleeping through the whole thing. The disciples are freaking out. Jesus has taken a nap. There's a message there somewhere about napping, but anyway. Jesus is asleep in the boat, and the disciples... You know, wake him up, and 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 they can't, they just can't believe that this is happening, and they start freaking out on Jesus. I don't know if you've ever done that. <laughs> You're probably too holy for that, but I have, because there's there's two storms uh, this day. There's the storm that's going on on the outside, and then there's the storm that's going on on the inside, and the storm on the outside is causing a storm on the inside. And, and the waves are crashing around and the boat is rocking and it's making me wonder, are we going to make it? That's the storm on the inside. And the disciples go to Jesus and it's, it's, it's really interesting because they don't say, uh, you're in charge of all the weather on the outside. You know, here's the problem. Here's what's going on. They don't, they don't say all of that. It's oftentimes the storm on the inside is worse than the storm on the outside. Do you agree with that? And the disciples, read it for yourself in Matthew, in Matthew 8. The disciples go to Jesus and said, Don't you even care that we perish? Storm on the inside. They didn't say, Don't you care that there's a storm? They said, Don't you care about me? 
I think there's a lot of people at the end of this year who are going to God going, don't, 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 where are you? Don't you even care that I'm dying? Things are not right here. Things are upside down in our marriage and in our jobs and our finances and with our kids. Where are you? It's too much to tell you, but Jesus steps out. He sort of wakes up, stretches a while. I don't know, yawns, walks out to the bow of the boat and just says three words. Peace, be still. Not one sentence, three, three words. Peace is a sentence all by itself. Peace was not to the waves. The waves and the wind obeyed, be still. Peace was to the disciples who were worried, fearful. And today, you can have peace. Waves crashing all around. Worry at an all-time high anxiety. You can leave all of that with Jesus and have peace. Bow your heads all over the room, everybody at Church Online. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray shalom, shalom, perfect peace over every individual, every heart, every struggling relationship, every father who's worried about providing in the new year every mother who's concerned about her children and his influences at school every sister who's concerned about her siblings her mother COVID the isolation that the nursing homes caused and the depression that set in I pray for every spouse whose marriage has been rocked divorce is at an all time high in 2020 Pray for every individual struggling with addiction that they, they thought they had whipped until this year. I pray for peace. Now, I can't bring your needs to Jesus for you. I can as an intercessor, but at some point you're going to have to just wake him up on your own boat and say, hey, I, I, I'm, I need some help up here. I don't, I don't know what, how this is going to end. And I need some help. So in your own way, if that's you, nobody's looking around. But I would ask everybody in the room, and if you want to at Church Online, you can just in the comments. Matter of fact, there's a place to request prayer. If you'll click that at this moment, our prayer team is standing ready. If you're in the room and you say, I need that, I'm there, tossing, turning. No, no, i got to have some peace. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me? I see your hands literally up all over the house. All over the house. I'll see you. Thank you. Teenagers, moms, dads. I see you. I see you. I see you in the back. I see you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, in Jesus' name, come on, pray this way. I give you all of my worry and fear and anxiety. God, I need perfect peace. God, help me to retrain my mind to focus on the right things. God, I stand against negative thoughts and things in my mind that would distract me and consume me. I, I stand against the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I rebuke the spirit of fear. I command that it leaves. I take authority over the spirit of fear that would grip hearts, 
that would literally move us to inactivity or, or just paralyzing fear. God, I pray for faith to rise. I pray in this Christmas season, if, if nothing else is accomplished, let us have peace, perfect peace. I need a season of peace. I need this Christmas. We need this Christmas. I pray for every hand that was raised. I pray for everyone at church online who needs peace in their home. I speak the peace of God over your life, over your home. You'll do the hard work of fixing your mind. God will do the heavy lifting of perfect peace. You'll do the hard work of singing the song of our city is strong and our walls are God's salvation. You'll, you'll do your part and God will do His to keep those in perfect peace whose minds are fixed on Him. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that. You can't do it outside of Him. He's the Prince of Peace. Sar Shalom. Prince of Peace. If you're lost today, if you're far from God today, you know it. I don't have to convince you. You know you're far from God. Come home today. Surrender to Jesus today. You say, is it easy as, as you make it sound? Yeah. It's as simple as I make it sound. It will cost you your whole life. You'll have to finally surrender. You'll have to give up all of the sin that's held you down, all of the decisions, all the... It may even be people you have to cut off, relationships you got to cut off. But you can have it if you want it. It starts with a simple prayer. Everybody's going to pray it. Everybody at church online, everybody in the room today. We can pray it with you, but you got to pray it for yourself from the depths of your soul. Dear Jesus, I need you today. I give you my whole heart, my whole life. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry. I tried to do it my way, my time, my thoughts, my actions. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Give me grace today. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. I ask you to live in my life. Be the Lord of my life. This is the prayer for everybody in the room. And be the Prince of Peace in my life. Thank you that you saved me, made me new, given me a brand new life, and peace starts today. In Jesus' name, and everyone shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.